at 109 right now. Yo. You're at 109 right now. Yo, yo, yo. All right, I turned that down. So I'm getting ready for tonight's show, Diggable Planets at the Belasco in Hollywood. <clears throat> Jumani was gracious enough to uh, help me get a ticket. So I'm going to meet up with Jumani. And uh, right now I'm at home ironing my clothes, reminiscing, thinking about Diggable Planets. You're listening to the smooth sounds of Diggable Planets coming out in the background. Yeah. So, let's see. The first topic is what am I going to wear? I'm ironing my, my Basquiat, Jean-Michel Basquiat t-shirt right now. The one I got from uh, The Gap. Yeah. Because I'm going to double up on my t-shirt. So, I have a Diggable Planets t-shirt I bought, I guess, in 2019. Or maybe 2020. I don't know. These dates, that's not necessary. It's not important. But anyway, so I'm going to put the Basquiat t-shirt on under the Diggable Planets one. <clears throat> First, the Basquiat shirt because it's long sleeve. And it might be a little chilly. Might not, but it'll be cool. And then on top of that, my Diggable Planets uh, t-shirt. The Diggable Planets t-shirt I haven't worn, but the Basquiat one is well worn, and the collar is a little bit like that, what was it, bacon collar that uh, Fruit Fruit of the Looms and Michael Jordan were talking about? So, got off of work today. <clears throat> School lets out at 3, 340 so I got home about within the last 30 minutes, 20-some 30 minutes. I got my cell phone charging, ironing my shirt. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today, the kids got on my nerves. One particular kid got on my nerves, Myron. I don't know what, what was happening today, but kids were not in their classrooms. They were, you know, in, in the wrong classroom. Just being naughty all around. They wanted to sit with their friends and just testing my nerves. Like, what are you guys doing? And I even tried asking them. I tried asking them some questions. See, my lesson today was about, <clears throat> excuse me, Vicente Guerrero. Yesterday, I started with this, Vicente Guerrero. A lesson on Vicente Guerrero. Uh, I started with it yesterday because yesterday was the first day of uh, Black History Month. And I was in a Spanish classroom. And so I wanted to meld the two topics, the two ideals, the two themes. I wanted to meld Black history and uh, and Latin American history. And I thought, whoever, who better to bring these two ideals together than Mr. Vicente Guerrero. Vicente Guerrero was the second president of uh, Mexico. 
Mexico. He was the second president of Mexico. He was an Afro, as they describe him, Afro mestizo. And from what I learned yesterday, he freed the slaves. That was the that was his claim to fame. The attribute that to Vicente Guerrero, especially um, slavery in Mexico. He he freed the the slaves in Mexico. Now, that's what I learned yesterday. But then today. I followed up and I was talking. I find I was able to get the attention of at least one student. And as we had a conversation about this ideal, this student introduced some new information and um, taught me something. Um, so as my knowledge of Vicente Guerrero grows, you know, here on the second day, um, what I learned today is that Okay, wait, let me go back. Yesterday, I said that he freed the slaves, period, right? During his administration in in the year 1837, he freed the slaves. He, in 1837, he was the president, and he also freed the slaves. That's what I was going with, okay? But that's not what happened. Let me pull up some information on Vicente Guerrero so I can speak factually, and then I'll explain what I learned. All right. So I did a quick, a quick Google search and, and I, I found Vicente Guerrero's uh, information. It says that he died in 1831. So I was wrong by saying that in 1837, he freed the slaves. And so I was confused. Like, but they, Vicente Guerrero is attributed, is given credit for freeing the slaves. At least to my understanding. I mean, that's, that's pretty you know, big. Maybe that's where my confusion lies. Maybe that's not what was said. Maybe I'm conflating two, two achievements. He was the second president of Mexico, but the first black man, noticeably black, right? And according to America's rule, one drop and you're black. So he was visibly, you know, of African and mestizo descent. So he's a black man. All right. Then the other thing, though, is that so he died in 1831, but the slaves or rather slavery was fully 100 percent completely abolished in 1837, six years after his death. Right. So as of yesterday, you know, I, I, I couldn't say that I, I can't I couldn't attribute the abolishment of slavery to Vicente Guerrero. You know, so that's the correction I have to make. So as of today, as it stands, this student that I spoke with, this student told me, hey, um, it was in 1829 that slavery in Mexico was abolished. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? But 1837, that's the year that I found that I Googled and discovered. He's like, well, I Googled it and I found that it says 1829. So I'm like scratching my head saying, what in the world? Now, that's an interesting experience to have when you search for some information on Google and you find exactly what you're looking for, something within those lines, along those lines, because I basically thought I was right. And then the student searched for some other information and found some other, you know, 
information, conflicting details, conflicting facts. And I'm like, but what are we doing? We're both searching the, the same internet. How is it that you're getting this information? I'm getting that information. The same thing happened to me uh, last year when I was all excited about uh, finding that I think Tikal in Guatemala, this uh, temple, ancient temple, you know, stands at 33 meters uh, height, which is 108 feet. You know, because I'm on this 108 kick, like you can find um, 108, you know, in the geometry of many ancient buildings. And I and I say, I believe it's not a coincidence it's because 108 is a highly spiritual, highly important number. So, so when I found information that said there was a temple that was 33 meters tall or which is converted to 108 feet, you know, tall. When I found that information, I was excited, but then I tried to convince my students or share this information with my students. And they told me, no teacher, it's not actually that tall. It's actually 45 meters tall or something like this. They had conflicting information. And I was like, but we're, we're searching the same internet. How is it that you got different information than me? Why, what in the world? Because I remember last year, I was like, okay, guys, just search, search the internet for this information. And they came up with different answers. And I was like, this is weird. It really put me in a, in a uncomfortable position because I thought, I thought we, we all shared the same internet. And then I started to get paranoid. Like, oh, they got me. They, all of these 108 and 109 coincidences have been brought to you by the CIA and FBI who have been secretly controlling and manipulating Larry's uh, internet and his life and experiences so that he will always see 109. You're at 109 right now. But in fact, there are not as many correlations, connections, coincidences as Larry would lead one to believe or Larry has been led to believe, you know? And so today was one of those moments when the student brought me some different information. But that conflicting information only has fortified and solidified my understanding and knowledge of Vicente Guerrero's legacy. So yes, being that he died in 1831, it was in 1829 when he got the ball rolling. Okay. He didn't abolish slavery. And I, I guess that's where my misinterpretation or my misinformation came from. I may have jumped to the conclusion that he had freed the slaves when in fact, I think his claim to fame is that he was the first black president of Mexico. I think that's solely his claim to fame. However, during his presidency, he did do the groundwork. He put the groundwork, you know, he did the groundwork to make uh, slavery's abolishment possible. And so it was in 1837 that Congress completed what he had begun. You dig? So that's what, that's what it really boils down to. That's, that's what I should have known yesterday when I brought this to the attention of my students, but Hey, we live and we learn, but it seems like the kids are not learning because the kids are on their cell phones playing video games when they should be, you know, challenged. But that same student who I talked with and discussed 
you know, Vicente Guerrero's life with, he remembered the other class that I was in when I was talking about oil in Los Angeles. And I kind of thought back or thought to myself, I was like, well, dang, these kids actually are listening. They are learning. They're picking up stuff. And I'm like, hey, this is cool. Even if they are getting on my nerves, even if it is like that, they're still processing, learning, etc. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's definitely exciting stuff. Okay, so I told you about my day. I told you about the lesson. I told you a little bit about history. Vicente Guerrero. This is the second day of Black History Month. Um, I've already finished ironing my Jean-Michel Basquiat shirt. Now, Jean-Michel Basquiat is another example of Latin culture because he was part Puerto Rican as well as Haitian. And you take his life or you take that connection and you put it with Black History Month and you, I don't know, in some roundabout way, you've got something. I'm going to grab my Diggable Planets shirt, put that on, on top of this Jean-Michel Basquiat shirt. And uh, I'm going to check out my fit. And uh, you can you can listen to a little DP, DPS, Diggable Planets while I do that in preparation for the show. Oh, heck no, y'all. So I put the Diggable Planets t-shirt on. Although it's an extra large, it fits me kind of tight. I know I've gained a little bit of weight. But with this this t-shirt, the Jean-Michel Basquiat t-shirt on, under this Diggable Planets shirt, it's not going to work, y'all. It's not going to work. So I need to take it off. So let me give me a second as I take it off. I'm going to put the Diggable Planets t-shirt on, and I guess I'll have to grab a jacket. Yep, here we go. In the east I rode. Frozen the pose of a land who sees those that cool summer breeze. Nikki the Kevin Birds, we got four in the lap. As we sleep at Wolf 7, holla, don't crowd past. Cause look, coffee is the color and butter, he do it low. Boy, you hear his poppers and rubber, I'm saying no. Man, we keep it popping on hot day shit. I got the fish eggs dropping any block dip. And I dazzle oh, yeah. with the cool out food. He's a 
All right, now this works, okay? This is pretty much what I needed. I think the, what are these? The the shoulders, the, the short sleeves are sort of tapered. It's a certain type of uh, thing. I, have, I haven't worn this. I, I think I've never worn this because, I, you know, I like to buy things and then keep them in pristine, you know, condition. But I'm breaking it out. I'm wearing it tonight. And it's a little tight, so it's a different fit. It's a different fit from the one that I'm I'm accustomed to. Let me take you all down memory lane with regards to Diggable Planets because I went to two shows for Diggable Planets in 2005, right? That's almost 20 years ago. That was 19 years ago. And um, I met... All the members, I got my t-shirt signed by all three members, and um, I still have that t-shirt. I won't wear it tonight. I'll, I'll take some pictures and post them to uh, Instagram for sure. But um, I remember when I met uh, Ish, Butterfly, I asked him for his autograph, and he gave it to me, but he was kind of like, all right. Now that I've given you my autograph, you scram. Leave me alone, man. I was like, hey, bro, I couldn't even talk to old to a homeboy. Then, see, there are three members of Diggable Planets. Then the second member, Marianne Vieira. Um, she goes by Ladybug Mecca. And I was waiting in line to get her autograph. I've told this story a few times before. I was waiting in line to get her um, her autograph, and I was at the front of the line at the table where she was signing autographs after the show. I wonder if they're going to be available after the show. I hope so, so I can say, what's up, you know? Anyhow, so they were like, so she was signing autographs, and I was at the front of the table, but then at some point, it was too chaotic. You know, too many people in front of the table. So she or someone said, hey, can you guys line up in a straight line or whatever and get organized? And so people filed in line, but I didn't. And it wasn't because I didn't hear the instructions or I didn't, I was being disrespectful and didn't care for those instructions. No, I think that because I was standing there and I had been waiting there, I thought, I'm not going all the way to the back of the line. I'm already at the front. Let me just stay right here. But all these people just filed in line, and I was the odd man out because I was the only one still standing in the front. And so she continued to sign autographs, but she was now giving her attention only to the people in the line. But I was still standing there like, dude, I'm not going to go all the way to the end of this line. It was pretty a long line and I was like, dude, I'm not I'm not going to do that. So, she switched her attention from the people in line and she was like, "All right, obviously you're not going anywhere." So, she was like, "What's up, dude?" And so, she was like, "Let me take care of this dude and then I'll get back to the line or whatever." And uh she gave me she signed my uh t-shirt. And I told her that I had had a crush on her since I was like 13 or 14. And she was like, oh, that's so sweet. And the coolest thing is she stood up and came, came 
to the other side of the table and she gave me a hug. And I was like, that's dope. And then she went back to signing the um, the T-shirt, my T-shirt or whatever. And she wrote on there, she was like, um, something to Larry. She was like, thanks for being, I think, thanks for being real, Ladybug Mecca. Because all I wanted was my, my T-shirt signed, you know. But it was the smoothest, it was the awesome, most awesome experience because I got a hug <laughs> from none other than Ladybug Mecca. That woman, that 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 female energy that she brought, that that dope voice, you know, that had captivated my young mind, yeah, had me zoned, you know, in a zone. I'm not alone. There are some other cats who are just like who are, I don't know the East Coast. They call it like jonesing on. You know, like, yo, she is a high one. That, yo, that's a Jones right there. I'm Jones on her. Something like that. Yeah. Crushing. Having a little crush. Yeah. So that made my day. And then now, Doodlebug. Doodlebug and Butterfly had completely different energy because I got, when I got my t-shirt signed by Doodlebug, then it was all good. But bro had time. He had time that day, <laughs> and he was like, "What's up, man?" And I was like, "Huh?" I was like, "Yo, can I get a, an autograph or whatever?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's good with you, bro?" And I'm like, uh, "I don't know, dude. I'm just here, you know, getting your autograph and talking." He's like, "Yo, yo, yo. So tell me what's up." And I was bugging like, "Yo, he's talking to me, man." And I'm like, you know, do a little chopping it up or whatever. But the fact that he was so personable and he and he was generous with his time i was like yo this dude is different so i had three different encounters you know with the members of diggable planets i got my t-shirt signed and i have those memories you know cut to 10 let me see it was like 2000 was it 10 years 2000 i think it was like 2012 or 13 when i'm in south korea and at that time, the Diggable Planets had broken up, and Ishmael Butler had created a new group, Shabazz Palaces. I mean, Ishmael Butler has continued to create new groups and, and had and has had many projects, including Cherry Wine, that I'm familiar with, as well as Shabazz Palaces, outside of Diggable Planets. Well, the Shabazz Palaces... Um, album which i picked up or i heard around 2012 um even though i think it was released in 2011 you know i was i was yeah i was listening to that and i was listening to uh childish gambino um camp that album anyhow shabazz palaces ishmael butler and 10 day came to korea when i was there and the craziest part about it is they came to kind of a small town. Um, not really a small town. It's a big city. It's not the biggest city. But I was surprised to learn that they were coming to that particular city. It's called Daegu. Some people call it Tegu. Anyhow, there they were, Shabazz Palaces in Daegu at this small little bar. That This all was my haunt, my current haunt in um 
in South Korea, in Daegu. Me and my buddy, my, my colleague Mark, would go downtown, hang out, have drinks after, after uh, work, try to talk to the little, you know, Korean girls and all. And um, that's where we hung out. There were a number of clubs. We hung out at a place called Thursday Party. I can't, uh, I can't recall what the hip hop club was right down the way, but Thursday Party had a, had a very cool hip hop pop um, vibe. Everybody loved Thursday Party and probably still does. Thursday Party is, you know, where it's at if you go to Korea. But there was another place just a few doors down where Shabazz Palaces was performing. And before the show, you know, it was a small crowd, very small, very intimate, right? Standing room only, whatever, but very few people because it was just us, you know, 20 or 30 year olds, you know, there. A lot of them were white and they didn't know anything about Shabazz Palaces. So I was like, yo, I know about Shabazz Palaces. So I had to slide up. Ishmael and Tende were sitting in a, in a little area off to the side, just waiting for the show to begin. No security, no bodyguards, nothing like that. So I just like slid up and I was like, hey, what's up, my man? And Ish was like, what's up, bro? And then I chopped it up with him for a little bit. I was like, hey, man, I went to the show in 2005. You signed my, my T-shirt. He was like, oh, I did? Word? Okay, okay. I was like, yo, I don't want to be all up in your space, bro. I just want to, you know, because I had learned from 2005, like, Say your peace, you know, say peace and be out. You dig? Don't don't linger. Don't hang around. So I was just like, all right, Ish, just wanted to say what's up. Remember you from, you know, that day. Peace, dude. He was like, all right then, brother. Cool, cool. Enjoy the show, man. All right. Good to see you here. All right, right, whatever. And then I go and holler at, at Tenday. I'm like, what's up, Tenday? I didn't know his name. I had to ask him his name a couple of times. But you hear me saying his name now. <laughs> I know his name. 10 day, right? 10 day. So talked with him. I was like, all right, cool, brother. Cool, brother. Enjoy. You know, they say, enjoy the show. I was like, yeah, for sure, man. All right. So I got to talk with Ishmael in 10 day before the show in Daegu. Cut to 2019. My wife and I went to the Daegu Planet show. And after the show, I was able to say, what's up? Get a handshake in and, uh, Say what's up to uh, Ishmael, to Butterfly. And I told him, hey, man, last time I saw you was in Korea, bro. And I'm sure he was like, huh? Like, we're in L.A. We're in Pasadena, bro. What you, you, you said you saw me in, in Korea, word? Like, dang. Like, yeah, bro. Yeah, I get around, bro. Yeah. Larry Lair is all over the place. Nah, but it was just a cool coincidence. And, and I'm a fan of Diggable Planets. So it's like, hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. So tonight is the night. Jumani and I are going to go see what's up. We're going to see what's up with the Diggable Planets. And it's going to be a lovely thing. And I'm getting ready. All this time that I've been talking, I stopped ironing. All I did is iron that T-shirt and put it on or try it on and discovered that I can't wear it <laughs> with this T-shirt, with the Diggable Planets T-shirt because of the cut, the Diggable Planets um, t-shirts cut. So I took it off. Now I have my Diggable Planets t-shirt. I have my hat, the Diggable Planets hat, and I'm going to throw on uh, a sweater to stay warm. And that's going to be it. That's going to be it, y'all. All right, when I come back, we're going to get Jumani on the phone and we're going to tap in and see what he's up to. All right.
Peace and blessings. You're at 109 right now. <laughs>